So I don't think I knew much about orchestration as I was starting out as a songwriter. I basically just grabbed some keyboard chords that were the same chords that I'd played on piano and made more pads with, except with orchestral or string sounds or woodwind sounds. And I thought maybe just by going like this, I was playing uh, more real uh, orchestral type sounds by just uh, moving my hands around. But during my master's degree, it took a turn and I took a class called orchestration and it has changed my life and my composing. And so has some of the recent composing I've been doing for different libraries and things like that. And so, yes, I knew the instruments and I knew what they could do in their approximate ranges, but I never really thought that much about it. Well, today we are really going to think about it. And when I say we, you're probably saying, who is we? Do you have a mouse in your pocket? Well, uh, welcome to the Hello Composers podcast, which will also be on the Make Music Income channel. But today I'm going to attempt to talk about all of this orchestration stuff, but not by myself. Oh no, I have brought in someone who at least knows as much as me, I hope, and maybe more, my friend, my co-educator, both online and at Orlando recording schools, the the bearded Bartok, the man behind the screen at 52 Q's, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Croft. How's it going, man? How's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing well, bearded. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did you know? Hey. Did you know you had a beard? Yeah, yeah, no, I've just never, I've never received such accolades. Thank you very much. The bearded Bartok. I just came up with that. <laughs> so, uh, thanks so much for joining us, man. And uh, what, what have you been up to this week? Have you been composing anything? What is, what is your composing world uh, look like recently? Uh, let's see. This week, uh, I was adding some synthwave drums to a rock cue. So oh. it's basically, it's a modern rock. Uh, queue for sports broadcasting and I thought well I wonder what would happen if we just took like the sound of aha take on me like those drums mm -hmm. and throw it in with a modern rock uh, rock cue and uh, very interesting and I like it we'll see if the publisher takes it but uh, <laughs> it's adding some EDM synthwave elements and creating these hybrid cues I, I don't know I, I feel like hybrid type of styles are the way the way forward since mm -hmm. so many libraries have so many of of the typical types of cues so finding new ways to say yeah. new things or old things i think is um, is super valuable cool uh, i'm doing about the same kind of thing i am um i'm kind of uh, one thing i was working on this morning is classical massive trap if you will it's uh it was it was the um solo um, cello suite from Bach, you know, the very famous uh, <laughs> nice. G minor one, and uh, just slowly bringing in bigger and bigger and bigger trap. And then there's parts later on in it where it it does some stuff and I have break beats and stuff in there. So yeah, exactly what you're saying. Classical plus trap. Is, uh, is that know. the, uh, is that the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do? Yeah. Man, uh, that's, that is, that's that's bold. Are you doing? Mm -hmm. Are you using like a public domain recording, and you're chopping that up, or no. are you programming that with your scent with your? Uh, uh, kind of both. I went and found for most classical music, you can find the MIDI somewhere, and um, and they're not really necessarily copyright arrangements because it's just note for note from 
from Bach. So I, I will just bring it in and I will manipulate it to the way I want it to. Uh, it, it has to be well played. It has to have some kind of um, somebody has to have played it in live. It can't just be like entered into stuff. So, uh, or, or taking like the Sibelius file, spit out the MIDI and call it good. Nope. Yeah. It's not like it's that. Not it, it, it's, it's, I have to go in and manipulate it and I do some tempo changes and all that kind of stuff. So it's half, half, uh, it, it no, it's not usually anyone's recording. Cause I don't want to get into all that stuff right now. No, no, no. Gosh, we're, we're, we're told not to do that. I just had a library this week. Tell me our position on AI don't send us any, <laughs> you know, we do not want to hear anything that's either generated by AI. And then I have another library say the same thing, basically about samples, no samples, not one splice loop shall you send to us. And as a matter of fact, here's some loops you can use from our library. You can use these, but you can't use any, this is a BMG library. You can not use any of your, you, Can know, you what about like one shots and impacts and those kind of things? I don't think that's a problem. I'm, you know, that kind of thing is is different. I think. Yeah, I, I'm talking about pre-made MIDI loops, pre-made yeah. samples, pre things like that, and yeah, uh, and I then I just watched uh, FL Studio's new studio uh, update, and all it is is here's a bunch of royalty-free loops you can use to create your stuff, and I'm thinking, boy, this has taken us in a backwards way, and. Uh, I know it's fun for the kids who play with this, but it's not going to take them to a place where it's going to be helpful to them if they want to sell it and stuff. Yeah, so. I, I, I call it a creative cul-de-sac. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you they, will run out of daylight. Look what I made. Did you? Did you make it? Um, so also, I've well, been... it's, it's, yeah, it's creative, but it's not composing. So let's let's make make sure that there's a that's a distinction there. It's a yeah. creative act. Right. But it's 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 collage work. You know, yeah. I've also I've been blending many things this week. I've been blending uh, drumline and uh, hip hop, and so I'm yeah, I on caught that. your live stream, man. Good yeah, job. I'm, that was my first one. The sound was not great. I've got to fix that up. But uh, yeah, I may do a little bit more of that. That was kind of fun. And uh, I also have a series I've been doing since last year, mixing Halloween with Christmas songs. And so I've got a Halloween version of. Um, of a, of a Thanksgiving song, actually, it's going to come nice. out. And then it, it's just an album that I'm, I'm not really uh, giving it up. It's a, it's a non-exclusive album that I put everywhere and then anybody can use. I think uh, Crucial Music has one or two of them. And, and Yeah, th know. those those seasonal cues, man, they are evergreen. They're I have evergreen. Christmas cues that I wrote three, four, five years ago. They're still getting air. I mean, we just, just as we're recording this, just last night, we had our 52 cues Fright Night Composer yes, Quest uh, live stream. And so that was really, we had 19 submissions for that. Wow. And uh, those cues, you we've missed the Halloween window this year, yeah. but you're not a month late. You are 11 months early. Yeah, it's going to come. It's the gift that keeps on giving every single yep. year. Uh, any kind of, uh, I, I'm considering doing, well, I'm not considering it. I'm going to send the email around to do a little mastermind during these holiday seasons and, and, and just continue to push people about holiday music, not just Christmas, not just Halloween, but also yep. Veterans Day and or 4th of July patriotic and Easter and all the different holidays. I'm telling you, a third of my all the different things I get are from 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 those kind of things. I'm interested what a what a Thanksgiving cue sounds like. All, all that comes to mind is like Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, you know, where well, they all get around the ping pong table and have Thanksgiving. The one I just did was Over the River and Through the Woods, which is I didn't know, but it's a Thanksgiving song. To grandmother's today, house we go. Today I learned. Okay. 
No, because no, I've been looking. Years old when I realized that I've I, been I've been looking for Thanksgiving songs, and and as I looked it up, because I was trying to make sure I was because I was totally redoing the melody in a minor key rather than major key, and for Halloween, and it's called actually called Through the Wood Darkly, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It sounds like a Tim Burton score type of thing. Nice. So yeah. um, the night lots, the nightmare before. The Nightmare Children Before Thanksgiving. Children singing in a minor key. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. If, uh, it could be a voice over the river and through the woods. You know, it could literally be a voice for sure. But anyway, um, and then I'm actually working on bachata. Or, sorry, bachata this week. Have you ever heard of bachata? Nope. It's kind Inform of me, um, a Spanish uh, type of pop. And uh, you could almost say it's a cousin to reggaeton a little bit. Okay. And I, I've heard of it a little bit, but a client has sent me a song that he is singing to his wife at their wedding, and it is in Spanish, and it um, it is in this style, bachata or bachata. I, I don't know enough about it. Uh, and then I'm doing one pop song. So a lot of composing. Yes, even live composing has happened uh, both on both my channels. So um, I'll just uh, want to say thanks, Dave, for being here. And I don't have a, a, a thing for this, but today's episode of this podcast is sponsored by 52Qs, which is oh. a great community. And I'll put the links below to go down there and see everything that's going on over there. As oh, Dave says, you. we are stronger together. And uh, you guys should go look at that, that community. If you are interested in a, a production music and all things production music, Dave is the man and got a great channel over there. So Appreciate go that. take a look at that. All right. All that business out of the way. Let's now talk about this very tiny, small thing, basic orchestration. Uh, but this is basic orchestration, especially focused on DAW composers and beat makers. We're really focused on the the non-professional arranger this is not someone who is arranging for for orchestras um, this is more for doc composers that we speak to a lot who are making production music who are making music for any kind of use even people who are making micro sync type things or they're making non-exclusive things they're going to put even on Spotify or whatever beat makers who are they know how to make a beat. Even FL composers want to add strings and do these kind of like dual hip hop slash orchestral things sometimes. And so what we want to do in this is just go through all the sections of the orchestra and talk about them a little bit in not detail because we only have here this little time. So let's start not at the start of where we would see a score because at the top of any score, if you're looking at score things orchestrally, you would see the woodwinds at the top. Um, but we're going to start with the, the kind of the, I don't know, the uh, elephant in the room, which is strings. Strings are what most people think of when they think of orchestra. The first thing they think of, if you, if you have a, a concert and you're trying to pretend like you have an orchestra, you'll have five people up on the stage playing with the track that's really playing off stage, and you've got these people playing violins and cellos. But um, I... I have started to realize the beauty of of not really violins lately, but I have uh, I have really been into violas lately. But let's talk real quick about the five uh, main food groups of strings, which are violins one, violins two, violas, and basses. Uh, sorry, cellos and then basses, and they go in size. V violin. Viola, 
cello and basses. You know, they get bigger uh, as they go. It's kind of like the Monty Python joke. Small at one end, big in the middle. <laughs> so, do you know that joke? I know. I don't know that one. So there is a, a joke about uh, a lady who says she has a theory about dinosaurs, and she goes on and on. She goes, it's my theory. I want to make sure you know it's my theory. And they're like, finally, and finally, after five minutes of saying, it's my theory, don't steal it. And she, they're like, we're not going to steal your theory. And my theory about dinosaurs is that they get small at one end, and they're very much bigger in the middle, and then small again at the other end. <laughs> She goes, and that's my theory, which is mine. So uh, that was my. I don't know how I missed that. I'm a huge Monty Python fan. <laughs> Just a little skit. And uh, so, yeah, violins, violas, cellos, and basses, they, they are larger each time. When you are programming lead violins, and, and uh, we don't want to get you started on uh, solo lead violins because you have a video that people can go check out. Yeah, that's Spitfire, about first violins from Abbey Road. You know. <laughs> uh, about Spitfires. Anyway. Um, yes, uh, and, and they actually, Spitfire actually put out a whole catalog, a whole $500, is it $500, something like that? It's uh, $450. Yeah, $450 um, plug-in just for first violins, which are, granted, usually the lead in most or many, many orchestral pieces. If you have a, if you have a, I think I left a comment into in in there is if if there is a lead instrument in the orchestra consistently, it's probably the first violins. So when you're working with first violins, explain what you're doing with them. Spitfire or uh, not? Well, well, yeah, Spitfire. This is, of course, assuming that you're working in the DAW with a plugin, a VST, that has them split out. So many of the libraries that we use, whether it's Albion One, Project Sam's, uh, Symphobia, whatever, they're going to be ensemble patches. Yeah which do not have isolated violin one, two, viola, celli, and then the basses. They're not going to be separated like that. And so you can only kind of create that split, but there's going to be overlap. And the sound of a violin is different from the sound of a, of a viola. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just fundamentally a different sound. Mm -hmm. And so when you get something like BBCSO or uh, LA scoring strings, they have all these instruments kind of broken out then uh, it's important that you are approaching each one as its own, as its own thing, which takes time. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it can be exhausting to program each line by itself, but okay. that's kind of the space you need to get into. So for me, um, I, I think of violins as, as doing a lot of the major melodic lifting, but like you, I, I love me some viola. Oh, I got to tell you, I like just kind of the, the mid range. It's a little bit closer to the, to the, the range of the human voice. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I like, I like giving the viola some love when I, mm -hmm. when I was taking uh, my music education classes, I took, I took high strings. You either could take high strings or low strings. I took high strings and I loved the viola. The violin was just too screechy. My apologies, my apologies to all your violin players out there. But the viola, and it's, I don't know, viola players are just cool. Every violist I've ever known has just been really kind of cool, down to earth, super easy to get along with. Right? They're like, I don't know, viola is like the drummers of the, uh, of the, of the, <laughs> 
of the of the string section. Yeah, they're they're unsung heroes, but they do they do so much of the heavy lifting. They're the clarinets of the woodwinds. They're the trombones of the uh, of the brass. They're I mean they're if any they're of all the second place uh, people <laughs> they are them. Um, uh, but before I get to violas, I just want to say about violins one and two. Um, someone was asking me this recently, and I was telling them that violins one are usually the 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 star the top lead if there's a an arrangement going on many times and then violins two are the second lead the 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 harmony to that lead a lot of times or the strengthening of that lead from what i what i've understood to, yep. to in use yeah same way i do the same thing and then violas violas get us in this space between violin like like dave said high can be screechy can be harsh and the viola gets us into a different place. This is the alto, uh, uh, the, uh, again, another second place person. The alto uh, in the women's uh, choir, in the choir, the women, the women altos uh, always don't get the fun parts. They get the worst parts, nope. actually. Oh, one, 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 two, one. <laughs> right, they're just singing around a, about, a, about a third. But yep. the real secret, and we'll get into this as we get into these all these instruments more, is in the articulations when you can start playing spiccato violas ooh there's some interesting things in there or you or or pizzicato, pizzicato uh, anything is also as always awesome but viola is like a, a small cello it's got that kind of range where it I mean its range isn't as big as the cello but it's still got a lot of that stuff a lot of the stuff you hear in soundtracks the uh, I don't know uh, did you watch the Ahsoka uh, show that was just on recently, done, yeah. done, done. Her theme was very much. Uh, there's a couple of themes that are like using that now. Evil, which is a show on CBS, uh, used this kind of spiccato, vi uh, violas and cellos type of score. It's very popular right now. It seems that very rough spiccato uh, sound. But I've been going to violas first a lot lately for some of the Christmas stuff that I've been doing and 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 starting there. And then I'll go and add strings. Or sometimes I'll go to cellos and basses and then add strings last of all things, which is sometimes interesting. But violas can give you a lot of meat in that hot mid to high range, mid, mid range, mid to high. And you can do a lot of neat things with them. And if you think of them as like, a utility player, not just support to the violins, because really violins two is support to the violins one in my mind. And violas can be something unique, and you should let them be unique because what else they got to do? Otherwise, they're going to feel feel bad. You don't want to make the violas feel bad. No, they're they're they're, they're super nice people. They're <laughs> nice people. Violists are nice people because well, <laughs> you know, if you choose to play viola, you are consciously choosing to play an instrument which is relegated to a supporting role, mm -hmm. and 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 you have poured your life into being excellent in support of others. Whereas the violins, they're the rock stars, right? They're the lead guitarists. They're yeah. the 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 lead singers, you know. And yeah. so uh, that, which is why I, I feel like as a drummer, I resonate with violists because we are playing a supportive role so, so much. Okay. So if strings one and two, or sorry, violins one and two are the guitar players mm -hmm. and violists are the drummers, then cellos are definitely also guitar uh, they're, players. They're, no, they're, they're the keyboardists, keyboardists. right? 
<laughs> when you have when you have like a shredder mcshreddington on yeah. the front of the stage you yeah. know with the foot up on there but the keyboard every now and then gets a little solo gets yeah. a little action so everybody and has a way bigger range of things player. it could do super big range and and man if you get a keyboardist talking about keyboard there we'll talk your freaking ear <laughs> off about keyboard no cellists or keyboardists and bass players are bass players yeah exactly super cool they're just they'll go with whatever yeah whatever man you know they're just yep they're yeah, just minding their own business holding down the bottom so uh, the cellos uh can do a lot just because of the the range of the instrument it goes from very low to very high and so there's a whole lot you can do with it all the articulations and and again i can't stress enough if you are someone who is just getting into orchestration trying to make orchestral stuff they don't just go like this all day okay there's lots of other things that they do plucking and uh and different kinds of plucking bartok plucking and all this other kinds of plucking they have they're hitting the violin with all sorts of the bow the wooden side the other side they're they're playing spiccato they're playing marcato they're playing all sorts of pizzicato where they're plucking and they're doing all sorts of things and so um one of the great things about logic um i i'm are you a logic guy i can't remember oh yeah so oh, i yeah. do most of my uh, sketching in Logic. And a lot of times I won't even go to my other libraries if Logic's got a decent sketch sound to deal to start with. Just especially if I'm not at home, if I'm out and about, if I'm at school and all I've got is Logic and what it has. It's surprising how much you can do with Logic really. Uh, but not to harp on that, but they just they they've done a good job, especially with their string sounds. They could do better with their woodwinds. But with their string sounds, with their articulations in their strings, it's pretty amazing. And so yeah. I will start there and find interesting articulations. And then I will put in, I will go into Spitfire or I'll go to Musio, which I've started to use a lot now, which is a whole mm -hmm. other conversation. But, um, and, 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 and Cine whatever, Cine Winds or Cine whatever, which is included in Musio. And I will just add, I will supplement what I've already done because it doesn't sound terrible what I did in Logic. And so I will supplement these different things. So that's violins, which is the lead, violas, which is the kind of the um, support underneath the violins that you can do a lot of things with, the cellos, which is really uh, the keyboard players who are who have a tremendous range and they can do a lot of different things. And then the basses, um, you know, basses probably aren't as flexible. Uh, they 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 bow, they pluck, and they uh, they have spiccato stuff, which does sound pretty interesting. But um, your bass is going to do what your bass usually does. Your bass usually holds down the bottom end. And yeah, so, ba basses. If you're talking articulations, uh, they have, there's a technique called colenio which yeah. is when you slap the the strings with with the wooden side of the bow yep. and if you've ever been watching an action movie or a horror movie and you hear that clack right that really aggressive clack mm -hmm. that is chances are it's going to be a colinio attack from the low end of the string section really yeah. really handy and you can find that articulation in most libraries now it's, it seems yep. to be very popular well and that's what you're paying for when 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 spitfire asks you for nearly five bills for <laughs> one string section yeah that's what you're paying for all those articulations right. and everything Exactly. All right. Well, that's uh, enough about strings for now. Certainly not enough. I remember when I took orchestration and we went, we had one semester to do every section of the orchestra. And, and we haven't even got into things that aren't violins, violas, cellos, or basses. There are lots of other viola da gamba and all these other uh, instruments that you could look at in the family, but we're not going to have time to talk about all those here. But I thought, man, you could just do a semester on each 
section of the orchestra, and it would be awesome, I thought. All right, so let's move on to the next family, and that is the Woodwinds family. And this is going to cover everything from flutes, clarinets, oboes, English horns, bassoons, and saxes. And that doesn't even get started describing all the different kinds of things. We're not probably going to talk about like, like bass clarinets and piccolos and contrabassoon contra and, and all that stuff and, and the billion saxes that exist. So, uh, and all of them that play in different, all the clarinets that it, it play that are in different keys and all that kind of stuff. So, but let's start with flutes. And again, similar to the string section, the flutes are the ones they're the stars. They're the uh, Beyonce out in front of the stage, showing, it, getting the the first flute. Play. I mean, they even look a little snooty with their little, you know, holding the flute up like this. Look at me, I am a flute player. So uh, I, I I use flutes. Uh, you got to be careful with flutes. I think there is a tendency in programming in DAWs to play too low on the flute because you can. You know, I mean, uh, luckily most of the libraries that come out now are within the range of what the instrument does. They, they, they put you in the range and they stop it where it really doesn't go down below it. And they, they stop it where it shouldn't go higher really. Yeah. And so we're, we're sometimes protected from our own ignorance that way by a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the programs now, but I see flutes as the star of the woodwinds and certainly things that, um, that lead and the piccolo, which is the higher, smaller flute. Uh, it's, it's very shrill, so it's hard to use a lot. But um, the, the flute itself is a lovely instrument and sometimes doubles the violins and, uh, and or harmonizes with the violin sometimes. Uh, but I, I like to use it all the time, but it usually does have the lead in a lot of things I'm doing. What, you, what about you? Yeah, I, for me, woodwinds are some of the toughest to program. And the reason is, is because anytime that you are looking to virtually recreate an instrument that is made with a human with their breath, then you introduce so many nuances and variables that are nearly impossible to pull off virtually. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the reasons that there are a billion piano libraries is it's a very straightforward instrument to sample. Percussion, yeah. Yeah. extremely straightforward. I, I can go get a break drum sample library that will sound indistinguishable from me banging on a break drum with a hammer myself. However, a good woodwind instrument, same with brass. It's really, really, really tough to pull off, mm -hmm. which is um, which is why uh, the, the the library that I use is Vienna Symphonic Library. So I only really use it for its woodwinds because mm -hmm. of the legatos and the transitions and everything else. So uh, the flutes, I, I, I do agree with you in that a lot of flutes like to live in the low end. I think that's because so many of these libraries just sound terrible <laughs> up high. Even Vienna, like the high, Very low, high flute. I'm just like, no, nobody's looking for that. And yeah. in, in the modern, modern media landscape, especially my world, which is production music, there's not a ton of call for like a woodwind trio sound. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not out there, but not a lot of reality TV shows are using these nice Debussy inspired flute lines. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you just have to be careful. I, what I tend to reach for, if I'm not reaching for a concert flute, is uh, there's a flute by oh, Embertone called Jubal Flute, mm -hmm. which is this little wooden flute that they sampled. They like hyper sampled. It sounds amazing. Has a super short range, but it's it, it, it sounds like talking talking in a box, man. It sounds so good. It sounds like something straight from Lord of the Rings. 
So that's my go-to flute if I'm not looking to recreate a perfect symphonic flute. I love the flute, and and Dave brought up a good point. And what I've learned to do, uh, both with brass and woodwinds now, is literally breathe with what I'm playing. In other words, if I can't blow as long as I'm playing, I have to stop what I'm playing and take a breath. So if I'm playing a flute line that goes da 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 you have to and 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 you know what? If you want to really make a realistic flute, here's a little bit of extra for you now. Hook up your mic, play your flute part, and breathe with it. And you will it you will fool everybody. That even a logic flute sound, if you are playing that flute sound and breathing with it, most people will just yeah. imagine yeah, yeah. it's my, a real flute. Uh, my shakuhachi, which I'm learning to play, has taught me that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had a drum teacher in my graduate um, program, and he said, "Don't solo. You have to breathe as you are soloing. If you are playing, you have to be exhaling. If you need to inhale because you're out of air, stop playing." Yeah. And so it, it forces as a drummer, which there's nothing physiologically stopping me from playing nonstop, but it creates phrasing and sure. um, it helps to bridge the uncanny valley. Yeah. Yeah. Because strings can play this all day uh, without stopping. They can just bow back and forth as long as they want to. But everything else is going to have to have breaths, uh, just like a choir is going to have to take breaths. And so they stagger breathing if they want to keep it yeah. all going at the same time. So now let's talk about my other favorite instrument right now that I love that, again, is usually second place in most people's hearts, if not third or fourth or fifth, especially if your name was Mozart uh, early in his career, the clarinets. I, I have fallen in love recently with the clarinet as well as the viola. And a lot of times if I'm so, putting solos together and I need a woodwind solo, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I go to bassoon first. It's just I love the bassoon. But... The clarinet is also a really lovely instrument to play. It's got a lovely range because it's not too high or shrill. I mean, you can play very high, but most of it is in alto's range a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so you can it's a nice thing to play a solo in where you want that where you'd usually have an alto sing, girl singer singing. And I've really uh, had a lot of fun with clarinets. I'm having trouble finding a great clarinet sample. Yeah, VSL, baby. Uh, VSL clarinet is so stinking good. Almost it's everything so else good. is kind of stinky. Um, Logic, yeah, are, Logic are ends up being about the best. I, I think I found a, another, I, and I don't have very high libraries yet. I, I have, except for Albion One, I don't really have anything that anyone would consider high a high-end library. So a lot of times I'm mixing things and and um, I'm also big, one thing we haven't talked about uh, with strings and woodwinds so far is that when I do a string section, I will also, or a, a viola section or a cello section, I'll usually also do a cello solo along with the section. Mm-hmm. So like there's a first cellist playing that you hear and, 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 that, and that gives you a little bit more authenticity to the the, especially if you're dealing with something like BBCSO, where it's it's or and you you, don't, you haven't paid for it, so you've just got the Discover one, and it's it's so verby and and kind of uh, bland. It, it's fun. It's great. Gosh, I've heard people do great things with it who don't have anything else, and it's a, it's a great thing for young composers who don't have any money to to get something. So I, I'm not going to disparage it, but. Um, especially with woodwinds, I like to have a flute section with a solo flute also playing along with that flute section. I think it provides a lot of realism 
Yeah, layering is is super important, not just because of what you're talking about, but it creates a, a more unique sound, you know, that is just your own. My my word of caution for you is to make sure that you dry out as much as you can so that you don't have competing reverbs. So yeah. get as dry of a signal from your plugin as you can and then put one unifying reverb. Um, yeah, Absolutely. so if you're in a contact library, you can actually stack them within the contact library. If you're in Logic, you can use a track stack or, or, uh, or a plugin like Uni Unify, Unity, I think. There's a plugin where you can kind of create your own track stacks within multiple plugins, anyway. Yeah. Track stacking has become very big with um, in in Logic for me, uh, but I, no, I am I am a big believer in what you just said. I I use um, I'm a big fan of Space Designer in Logic, and I use mm -hmm. one of the things I use in there is a, a a lovely verb called scoring stage. I end up using that an awful lot because it just it just has the right like sound of a, a an orchestral scoring stage for me and so i will turn off all other reverbs and only use that for the most part for all yeah. instruments and it's tough right now because one of, i'm getting ready to review musio i don't know if you've heard of musio but or, or send us samples and stuff like that. oh oh yeah yeah they have a 50 dollars oh, yeah. a you year edu discount oh yeah. yeah i'm all over that <laughs> you may have even told me about this but um i have it and the problem with it is i can't get the reverb out of it you know, and I've talked to them about it. I've said, you know, I you have a place that I can dial down the reverb, but the reverb's still there. All the room is still there. I need not the room <laughs> because well, that's because it's recorded in a space, yeah. and so uh, it, and they're not like contact mics or they're not like super close mics. So what you're well, you're not hearing any additional reverb. You're just hearing the space that it was recorded in, which still doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help. All right. Uh, so moving on in the woodwinds while we're here, uh, I love the clarinets because they can do a lot of neat moving lines inside of things that uh, you don't realize how utilitary. How, how much of a great utility the clarinets can be. Mm -hmm. Oboe and English horns are double reed instruments. They're the little small, hard to play reeds that are hard to blow through. And you, luckily there's only one or two per orchestra. Um, and it's mainly because they just probably can't teach that many people to play them well. But um, they're, they're fairly hard to play. And there's, when I remember, that's the one thing I remember from orchestras, all the squeaking from the oboes. Uh, and they'd be like, sorry. Sorry. And oh, they look at the horn like it's the horn's fault. Oh, what happened? <laughs> What's going nope. on? There must be a it, bad I think read. It was, user, it was input error. <laughs> so uh, the oboe uh, and the English horn, I'll kind of talk about them together because they're similar sounds. I, I go back and forth for which one fits at the time. It's kind of like which color do you like better? I don't know if I know a big, huge difference between them. And I, I don't know if I can always tell them apart if I'm listening uh, just blind. If yeah, so. for, for me, the English horn sounds much more nasally. It okay. sounds, yeah, more nasally. Like if you were playing English horn or oboe like this, then that's <laughs> and, English horn. And it already sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I, I like the English horn because I think the oboe is, there's like maybe an octave where it sounds non-threatening yeah anything beyond that and then it can really just yes. a little oboe the reason they're only one oboe is because they're freaking loud they cut through they're everything. really really loud yeah. and they that whatever physics is involved in cutting through yeah. you know the harmonics will shred any mix absolutely yeah so uh it's it yeah uh, oboes and english horns can be good for for certain lines especially little melodic lines you need to introduce a a, a melody it's really great for that and then yeah, we if get... you want a master class in oboe 
listen to Alan Silvestri's usage of the oboe in Castaway right at the end mm-hmm. when spoilers he uh, he finally releases Wilson. Right? Wait, 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 what? <laughs> the, the volleyball that <laughs> has been it, his yeah. only friend for years. He finally releases him. He's like, I'm sorry, Wilson. <laughs> and then I get chills to think about it. There's a single comes in. Oh, my gosh. It's that is the best cinematic use of oboe I have ever heard. So check it out. Castaway. And then we get to Oboe's uh, big brother cousin, um, the bassoon, which is... The cello of the woodwinds. The cello of the woodwinds, a very big range, and a lot of things you could do with it, and probably one of my favorite solo instruments to use in the whole orchestra, especially for uh, for dramedy. If you want to have dramedy, bassoon will just get you there fast. Um, pizzicato strings and bassoon and you're on your way to making yep. a dramedy cue. Yeah, and if you want to hear, listen, check out the uh, opening passage of uh, Sacre du Printemps, a.k.a. Oh. Ride of Spring from Stravinsky yep. and uh, that, that bassoon, that's a master class in bassoon writing right there. Well, I just love it because it can be a an accompaniment, bump, bump, bump type of thing that adds a lot of personality or it can just be the it could be the the solo voice. It could it just does so much stuff, and it and it's beautiful. And and you could do low, fast, slow, everything with it. Yeah. And uh, I do have some good, a couple good. I have an orchestral tools bassoon, and I have a um, a lot of different bassoons now, but uh, not too awfully hard to replicate. Similar to the upright bass, um, jazz upright bass. It's a fairly. Uh, it seems to be a, a sample that translates well. For sampling. Yeah. And uh, in that, that same VSL library that has the stellar clarinet also has an amazing contrabassoon. And I have I have used that uh, with great effect in drama. It's like, you know, the uh, the sound in Christmas story that when the bumpus hounds, boom, 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 mm. right? That's a contrabassoon. And uh, that's what that sounds like. It's it's very, very useful for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and the bassoon family. Gosh, you could go. We could go for an hour or a, a class just talking about the bassoon family. And I think we did one yeah. night. We just went into the bassoons, and there's all sorts of bassoons. Um, yep. And then you have the sax family, which uh, the sax alto, uh, alto tenor, uh, baritone, any, any any kind of saxophone you want to talk about. They are really not necessarily. Um, always involved in the orchestra that you see on stage and and that you hear in orchestral music and i'm i'm not sure why what what do you what's your thought on that no i I think they were just it's late to the party yeah you know the same reason drum set isn't there it's not it's it's just a a, a relatively if we're talking you know (laughs) core inglés versus you know uh, electric guitar it's it's much further along in the orchestral development and it kind of got pigeonholed as a as a popular instrument popular music instrument yeah. Uh, much like the vibraphone, you know, and we'll, I'm sure we'll circle back to that. But the vibraphone, yeah. when it first came out, was pigeonholed as a sound effect. So it wasn't yeah. until Lionel Hampton comes along and says, this is legit, that people go, oh. But in the meantime, it, I don't know, it, it kind of gets 
unfairly, the saxophone gets kind of unfairly maligned in orchestral circles. And I, it's, it, it feels like it's uh, also ran, like it's not really, you know, and it, it might be a, uh, an opportunity actually, if you are someone who wants to arrange for orchestra to arrange with uh, a full sax section or different sax players, because I'm sure there are orchestras around the sc uh, school orchestras everywhere that have saxophone players with nothing to do. And there might be band directors looking for, uh, scores with saxes. I'm trying. I'm trying to think back to my college days. We didn't have saxophone in our orchestra. In our woodwind ensemble, yeah, we totally had in our not woodwind, but our wind ensemble. But our orchestra, unless it, we were doing like a Gershwin something or other, yeah. or you know, I, I'm not sure there was much sax. Yeah, it's definitely a woodwind or instrument. But oh, yeah. um, and, and maybe you hear it more in band music than you hear it in orchestra oh, yeah. music. So if you're marching band, of course, there's going to be saxes and things like that in there. But uh, they do a lot of things. And, and but we're used to them as solo instruments, probably more than anything uh, or, or or section instruments in jazz or or pop or something like that. So but they they have been and can be in the orchestra. All right. Let's move on now. We're making good time. We're moving up to brass and. Uh, this is where I come from. I was a trombone player, but first, let's kind of start with the one that's nearest the uh, the woodwinds, and sometimes is even involved in woodwind uh, quintets and things like that. Is the horn, um, often known as the French horn, and um, a, a really beautiful instrument that that plays a, a unique role because a lot of times I will mix horn and woodwinds and no other horns. And uh, I don't know why, but it just fits with 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 woodwinds really well. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, on I mean, that? I mean, horn was on kind of blue from by Miles Davis. I mean, it's a super versatile instrument uh, from John Williams to Miles Davis, uh, and it's one of those sounds which is super portable. If you want something to sound epic and big and orchestral, sprinkling a few strings, some some cello and horn, and boom. Throw cello and horn onto a, a hip hop beat, and you've got an orchestral hip hop beat. Yeah. And so, uh, I would recommend highly the Cinebrass two horn ensemble. Yeah, it's very nice. It, it's like John Williams in a in, like in a box. in a VST. It sounds great <laughs> right out of the box. Yeah, uh, horns are, are are beautiful, and they're useful for soaring lines, but they're also useful for muted um, uh, accompaniment, and so a lot of uses for the French horn. Um, trumpets are get get back into the role of the star of the brass, just like the flutes are for the woodwinds, just like the violins are for the strings. Trumpets are usually a lot of times have the lead lines. If there are brass lead lines, you will hear that in the trumpet line because they are higher. Um, they're not, I don't know if they're, I guess they can be as high as horns, but they're just a, such a different tone and, and much, much more, again, like the flutes, like what you talked about, the oboes, very cutting instruments. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, the, the, yeah, the, the trumpet range, uh, yeah, exceeds the horns range yeah. for sure. And, and, and. A little trumpet goes a long way. There's probably only two trumpets or so in, a, in an orchestra because there doesn't need to be more than that. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, the strings, there's a reason uh, if you're looking at like the, the plug-in of BBCSO, you'll see that the strings and the woodwinds all kind of sit up front so, because uh, if, if you're not miking anyone, you've got to hear them over the, the loud horns and loud percussion, the percussions in the back. And even the oboe it's, is somewhat in the back behind things and things like that. So you've got the all the strings kind of up front and then the 
woodwinds kind of behind them. And the woodwind sections aren't as big, by the way, as the as the violin sections. So you're you're usually at a three to one strings to woodwinds yeah. ratio, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and to and that faster. point, um, when you are programming and you're going for a realistic performance in an orchestral cue or a track or whatever, make sure that you keep that in mind. Like the flute, unless you're writing a flute concerto, the flute should not stick out of the mix. Mm -hmm. It's gonna sound unnatural. Your clarinet shouldn't pop out of the mix unless everything else gets out of the way. But if you have full orchestra, then you can clearly hear the oboe. The oboe is too loud. Yeah, unless it's a solo part. But right. if you're talking about if we're 2D, if we're everybody's yeah, if you're, playing, if you're mixing the orchestra, yeah. and and the woodwinds should absolutely blend in because there's only one oboe player against 20 violins, mm -hmm. and and two flute players maybe three. Yep. Uh, and and maybe al alto, and one of them's doubling on alto or bass flute or something. Two bassoons, two clarinets, or maybe more clarinets. I don't know, but anyway, yeah, they're, they're, we we tend to think as all these are the same number of players, and it's not like concert band where we had big sections of everybody. Uh, we have as many as signed up. <laughs> yeah, right. As many yeah. sixth graders. Uh, can you switch from tuba to oboe? Uh, we need an oboist. Um, anyway, so. Um, Actually, it was backwards. Usually, they switch the oboist over to tuba. Um, so that is the the trumpets, and then the trombones are also kind of the cellos uh, of the of of the orchestra here. The the bassoons, kind of, but they're more for dark uh, color. Um, again, trump trombones rarely have their own, unless it's a you know, unless it's some kind of uh, of of big. Uh, announcing type of things. The trombones are going to be more filler type of instruments. And I know because I was a trombone player for uh, all of my young life in high school and orchestra. And uh, so I have a special place in my heart for the trombones. Um, or as uh, who, who said that um, about the trombones? Was it um, Bartok? No, it was... Uh, I can't remember who said it, but he says, don't look at the trombones. It only encourages them. Um, <laughs> I, I played trombone in high school jazz band because uh, we had three drummers and only one drum set. And so either I sat there and like played tambourine, did nothing, or learned trombone. So yeah. I, I picked up trombone. I was trombone six. <laughs> nice. Well, I was Very close last. to first chair. I was first chair a few times. But uh, trombone is an instrument that plays about what a man sings. Um, uh, its highest notes are up where a, a, bar a high baritone is gonna is gonna sing, and so w when we get into tenor notes, that's where probably likely you'll move into into trumpet low trumpet notes and things like that. But trombones play they can play very low, and the bass trombone is actually sometimes a an instrument that you will see in the in the orchestra a lot that covers some ground between the trombones and the tuba. Uh, the, another instrument that is between the trombones and the tuba is the euphonium. Again, not always something that's seen in most, uh, similar to saxes, not always seen in the orchestra. But um, it, it and maybe that's a, something that a trombone player could switch off of. I mean, yeah, it's like a tiny tuba. You know, you see them all the all over wind ensembles, but orchestra euphonium is is probably about as common, in my experience, about as common as you would see a 
sax. Think of a trump. Think of a euphonium like a trombone sound, but with valves and mm. a little bassier, maybe. But uh, the euphoniums always sat right next to it, or the baritones, as they call them in the high school, um, yep. always sat next to the trombones, between the trombones and the tubas. And there was only a couple of, of, of baritones. And then we get to the tuba, which is a very useful instrument, and, 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 and the bass also, along with the basses. Not a lot of tubas in the orchestra, probably two. Um, I would say maybe one. I don't know how many uh, are usual. But the, the tuba does a lot of... of of different kinds of things as far as bass, it's it's useful for very, uh, just like the basses. I mean, you just have to think of it like a bass, except it does have a lot of personality and it's and it, it's, and another, actually another instrument that's fairly easy to fake uh, as far as samples. You can usually yeah. find a decent tuba thing that gets you that sound if you're trying to get a tuba. Uh, probably any stock tuba is gonna be close to what you need. Yeah. Yeah, I, I reach for again cinebrass, and uh, they also have cinebrass also has an instrument which is great called the chimbasso. So imagine yes. if somebody took a euphonium and kind of stretched it out into a trombone, you're going to get chimbasso. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so if you're wanting that splatty kind of brahmy type of a sound, then the chimbasso is uh, is great for that. My cat has been nuts today. This cat is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I just learned about the chibasso. I haven't really uh, worked with it much, but it, I, I'm always interested in, in different textures and sounds that no one else is using and not using a lot. I like to be unique and different, and I, I love, love things like that. So speaking of uh, unique and different and the freaks of the orchestra, let's talk about the percussion section. And now this, I know, is something that you can speak on a lot oh, because yeah. this is your background uh, the, the, the bad boys of the orchestra, yep. <laughs> uh, standing back there, messing about, making plans to go out and smoke behind the building afterwards and all that kind so, of stuff. It and sounds like you, it sounds like, uh, that you need to go talk to somebody about this. It sounds like you're harboring some, uh, some childhood trauma. There's, there's some therapy that needs to happen <laughs> yeah, because, of because the trombone players are always <laughs> right in front of the percussion section, usually in front of the timpani. Well, actually, right. they weren't in my band, but the percussion was over behind the woodwinds and things. But uh, and and, to, and I should shouldn't say anything because the trombones are probably the next biggest troublemakers after oh the gosh. percussion oh, players. Dude. Yeah, you want to talk about smoking weed out back? Those are the those are the trombone players that come at me. No, the drummers are are, are <laughs> percussionists are either major music nerds or they're. Uh, these are broad strokes, folks. Don't come at me. If you, you send an email at makemusicincome.com. Um, this is just my experience. Either you have the kind of, listen, Billy, just 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 stay quiet, and I'm, I'll point at you when I want you to take this stick and hit that thing. I'll point at you. Or you have, like, the music nerds. And so in the percussion section, you have pitched and non-pitched percussion. I think that's the first thing to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. So the pitched percussion is going to be your mallet instruments, your marimba, your xylophone, your glockenspiel. Even the celeste falls under the percussion realm, which is a teeny tiny block glockenspiel that you play with keys, right? It's the uh, proto-electric piano. That's what you're used to hearing <laughs> in, at Christmas for, um, 100%. for fairy. Yep. Yep. Whatever the fair. Also have uh, tubular bells and you have timpani. Those are the pitched percussion. And vibraphone. Then you have the, uh, yes, vibraphone. Yep. Which is, I have one right, right up there. And then you have the non-pitched percussion. It takes the form of battery, which is going to be your drums, your bass drums, toms, snare drums, and those types of things. And then you have your uh, cymbals, 
which is going to be all of your metal sounds and, and whether you're have a suspended symbol that you can roll whoosh, you know have basically that kind of sound or you can have crash symbols aka piatti if you're looking for the nice italian music theory type of term for it, it's called a piatti it's two plates metal plate and i think piatti is plate in italian uh they clang together uh and then you have uh, your, your other auxiliary percussion these are going to be your shakers your triangle. you know sleigh bells your triangle your wood blocks castanets cabasa uh, clave all of that other stuff and so in in my experience <laughs> the classificate you have your mallet kids like they just they usually the ones that have piano lessons and those kind of things you have the timpani guy and that was me I was timpani dude in in high school and in college because I could hear intervals I played trombone like in the jazz band so I knew how to read bass clef and all of that stuff and then you have the battery folks and these are like you're usually you know, like in high school it's like the drumline kids like it's super serious you know they're gonna sit there and, and they're gonna count like relentlessly for one bass hit on on the Gran Casa 65 inch bass drum which will rattle the license plates and then you have the uh, aux percussion kids you know the Timmy, I'll point at point at you when I want you to hit the wood block type of folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think for our uh, doll composers, the first ones you need to know about are um, number one, timpani, and number two, probably symbols uh, in a way that um, I, I, if you want the original um, OG uh, riser, it's this. No. And, and Logic's symbol. got a great uh, suspended symbol uh, role like that. It has and one. It has, it has one, one in, in the orchestral kit in the orchestral on kit. Uh, B flat too, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B flat. Yep. It has one. Yeah, and uh, it, but it works. It works great. I use it. I use it so much. <laughs> and because nobody really goes, hmm, is that a good symbol roll? Because no one thinks about symbol rolls to, to them. Again, it's a riser. Sometimes I'll use it with a riser at the same time. But uh, I tried to use a Musio one this morning. Didn't work as well. Actually, I, I used yeah. both, I think. Yeah, but, I just, um, I, having been a, a lifelong drummer since 1985, that's when my cymbal collection started. I, I am lousy with cymbals. So I will just, I'll just, I'll just record one. It's so much easier. Yeah. Uh, and if you are using a suspended cymbal roll, treat it like a riser. There is rising energy and falling energy. And where the peak of that waveform crests, that's the bar line. It's one. One, two, three, four, shaw, and then it releases, right? So treat it like treat it like a riser you would in an eating. And let it ring. Don't mm -hmm. don't just go shh and then and cut off like I, unless you're looking for that kind of thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I I think that and the timpani, which is the that'll make you sound orchestral really fast if you are playing timpani. And remember that the timpani usually only is going to play about three or four notes at a time. Um, it, 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 larger orchestras have have four timpani, maybe five sometimes, uh, but they're tuned for a certain number of notes per song. Is that right? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's... I mean, I mean, I know you can change the pedals yeah, and, and stuff accomplished mid song. Yeah, timpani, accomplished uh, deal in intervallic, right? So so you might play this one note, and then in, in five measures, you have to change that note. I would say just be sure and, and treat it like a double bass instrument. 
right? It's not fast moving. And, you know, I'm looking at you like James Swearingen. Uh, you're a, your band kids are going to appreciate that joke. Your old band kids are going to appreciate James Swearingen. I don't have any old but, band um, kids. But no, it's usually playing roots, you know, treat it like the bass version of the tubular bells or the concert chimes. You can't go super fast and you have a very limited range and a limited number of notes. Yeah. I try to, I try to stay on one, four and five and things like that, you know, with, with timpani, I don't, I, I don't do doom, 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 doom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not doing the baseline on the timpani. And, and again, we're talking to people who may not know these things. They may not know yeah. what, how actual timpani work. And there are four physical timpani all tuned to like four different notes that they're going to be using. Now, yes, in the middle of the tune, when they're not working, they can go in there and tune it and tune it to a new note they might need later. But it's not that fast. They can't just play chromatically down the scale. They can only play a note. So use it for your boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, you can use it for one, four, and five really easily. Um, and there are different sounds for timpani for hitting it as a boom and rolling it. A lot of different libraries have several uh, timpani rolls that you combine with hits and things like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think I, I, I just I mentioned those mainly because if you're a if you're a beat maker and you're wanting to sound orchestral really quick, we're trying to give you some thoughts behind each of these things. Yep. Snare, and I would say also tubular bells. If you want something to sound yeah. epic, big yeah. chimes, tubular bells on tonic or on the uh, on the roots of the chords is going and a lot of space. Mm -hmm. A little bit of that goes a long way yeah. and they ring for days. Mm -hmm. So uh, and they give cut plenty of room. Yes, they do. <laughs> they cut really well. So does the triangle. Um if you like to use the triangle uh in any genre, not just orchestral, Watch your triangle because it will cut through and bother people and dr drill into people's brains faster than anything. So that triangle part can be way back in the mix. So yeah. we'll hear it. Don't worry. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a fine cumin. It tastes great in moderation, but too much of it, and you have a whole you have a whole dish that just tastes like and a long cumin. night, um, <laughs> and a hard next day. Um, okay, so. Um, Moving past the percussion, and these are both uh, probably related to the percussion family, is we have the harp, which is kind of in a land of its own. And uh, one thing I didn't ever know about the harp is I, when I learned orchestration was the fact that it had seven pedals. I had no idea that it had to do different pedals to play different notes. It can play chromatically. It just... It's just a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. It looks like they're flying a helicopter, man, <laughs> <laughs> or or a bicycle. They're like having yeah. to do these pedals and play at the same time. Um, so it, it's a beautiful instrument. It's a beautiful instrument for glissandos leading into places. It, it kind of goes along with your timpani when you're leading into sections or your cymbal roll, but also uh, just lovely pick lines or or melody lines that it plays along with, or little um, uh, different little. Um, arpeggios and things that happen during that is great for harp. And does that physically fit into the percussion family, the harp? Uh, no, I mean, well, it's technically it's a chordophone if we're talking, you know, musicologically speaking. And so it wouldn't be a percussion. It'd be a plucked instrument ah, more similar to a guitar or, or lute. But it's in but, a uh, Yeah, and, and good, it's really easy to find good harp sounds. Chances are your stock. Yeah. Uh, instrument is a good like Logic's harp is stellar. It's great. It's like Logic's marimba is yeah. absolutely stellar. Logic's yeah. tubular bells stellar. Yeah. Celeste still my yeah. go-to Celeste. So. Absolutely, and that's what's great about Logic. People say why do you? Because I think all the sounds that come with it are just 
uh, so useful. I mean, it's not that mm-hmm. they are the greatest sound on earth, but they're extremely useful. And if you are, and like I said, that's how I a lot of times will just sketch out uh, little orchestral pieces, little dramedy yep. pieces, and stuff. Dulcimer also real stock logic. Dulcimer is fantastic. But Dude, I, a harp is is so useful. It's useful like intention cues. It's useful for like fantasy and magical type of cues. But uh, yeah, I use harp a lot. And I have piano on here, although that is not necessarily a stock piano, a stock orchestral element. Um, piano, a lot of times, is the lead, if it's anything, along with orchestra. It's usually there. Spitfire. Spitfire released their BBCSO piano. I could have done a whole video on that. Like, who's looking for this? Like, <laughs> You should have done a video comparing. I, did, I almost did a video. Comp- I think I did one day compare the, the Discover Spitfire BBCSO piano to Logic's piano, which I think is not great sounding like the Yamaha or sounding. And Logic killed it as I, far I, as I, I did do a video comparing like 11 piano VSTs and I used yeah. the same MIDI across and yeah. the Steinway Grand from Logic absolutely held up. Yeah. Also, Sanjay C has a stellar video and he, he uses yeah. Ableton, so he brings Ableton stock. Yeah. It's not hard to make a good piano. Now, if you want a forensically sampled piano, Logic's not your. But no. if, if you need to know, if you need a 18 round robins from the pedal noise, <laughs> then Logic is not the way to do that. But uh, you can find those. I've become a big Keyscape fan. I was an Ivory person for a long time. I really liked Ivory, and I had that was my main go-to. And but I I, I fell into the Keyscape uh, universe. Keyscape is great. And I, that's, I'm, I'm fine with it. I know a lot of people who also swear by the sampled, I mean, the, um, the modeled one, I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, it's modeled, uh, and you would know the name if I said it, but a lot of people, like, like you said, uh, Sanjay C, I'll try to remember to put that, that link down, even though this is an orchestral type of thing. And, and I still have percussion up on here is because the piano is a literally yeah. kind of a percussion yeah, it's, instrument. It's, yeah, it's one of those weird kind of, is it a percussion instrument or a string? You're not plucked, it's not bowed. Yeah. It's a chordophone, but it's a chordophone st- struck with a hammer, but the hammer is due to a key press. Yeah, it's, people well, are still arguing about it. The main things, uh, beat makers and composers uh, on Dawes, I wanted you to remember were strings and uh, the woodwind section. I'll have these all like uh, timestamp below so you can go back and listen back through this because I think knowing what some of these things do, we've just barely touched on what everything does here uh, because this, like I said, I could have taken four semesters of orchestration and loved it and I wish we had. But, um, and, and, and inside of that orchestration, we had to do reductions and all sorts of stuff inside of that uh, in addition to learning about all the instruments and stuff. So. Well, the, and, and- the last thing I will say is, you know, when you when you hear of somebody saying, you know, sketch something out, when you hear John Williams composing, what he is doing is he's composing usually in a piano, mm-hmm. you know, usually like stems up, stems down on the treble, stems up, stems down, and then he will take it or give it to an orchestrator who will then distribute those note choices across the orchestration. Mm-hmm. And where I see a ton of students miss the mark is where they might write something for strings. And it's like all of the strings, it's like eight notes. Yeah. And then wholesale copy and paste that yeah. to the violins. I used to do and, it. And then all, all of the, the brass. And you end up with this super dense, chunky, not to mention impossible to mix orchestration. But if you have eight notes, 
keep in mind, you can distribute one note to the violin one, one note to the violin two. And so everybody is collectively bringing an individual note to create a greater whole. Yeah. But just wholesale copying and pasting entire regions that have these super dense, um, dense voicings uh, is one way to sound, well, not to put too fi fine a point on it, to sound kind of amateur. Yeah. Absolutely. And I did that for years. And the one thing I learned in doing uh, either p reductions from orchestra down to piano or piano up to orchestra is that you have to take the pieces of, of the different melodies and you take that melody and you assign it only to violins one and maybe mm -hmm. the flutes. And then you take the harmonies and you assign those to the violas and the clarinets. And then you take the middle ground, the chords and stuff and you distribute those through other other instruments the cellos and the basses and the trombones and all that kind of stuff and you'll find if you do to it, it does take a while it, it it's mm -hmm. not like fast um that's why sometimes you just have to work on the what i i'm getting ready to do a video on the uh my uh assembly line approach i'm sure everybody you, you work this way too i'll bring a song up i'll start it then it'll go down the assembly i'll get back to it with the next bit of stuff and the next bit of stuff because you could spend all day just doing the woodwinds. Um, and so uh, it's okay if it takes a long time because it takes most of us a long time because we're trying yeah. to get all the harmonizations and everything. And we haven't even talked about the music theory behind uh, how to assign parts and, and, and parallel fifths and all that kind of stuff that we try to avoid when we're orchestrating. But I think this has been a really great kind of primer. And Dave, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh. And I knew you'd be the perfect person for this because... We're both people doing this, and then we're mm -hmm. also leading people who do this, and people are asking us questions, and so I thought it was yeah, an important Yeah, topic. I think offering a perspective that has one foot in the quote-unquote classical world and one foot in the modern kind of technical DAW world, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it's it's valuable to, to bring perspective to both sides. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much, and thanks, everybody, thank for watching. And if you have any questions, put them down in the comments. I'll be happy to answer them, and we will talk to you guys on the next video. Thanks so much. Peace.